You're listening to the Sleepy Games podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Sleepy Games Podcast. We are your hosts, James Games and Sleepy John. What's going on? It's good to hear from you again, Sleepy John. Oh, you know it, buddy. <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited for this week. You know why? Why, why? why is that? No, I don't know why. You tell me. Because I, be, I have a lot of things to get, get off my chest as far as uh, today's topic of discussion. And, I'm looking forward to hearing it. And I, and I know there's some things you want to get off your chest. There is? Yes, there is. I, I know there is. We've been playing this. I know. I, and I know you know. Okay. Anywho. Yes. So on Apple TV, uh, a new movie came out. Uh, it's a documentary. A documentary called Still. And you might not know it by the name, but it's based... It's, so it's a documentary kind of... But told kind of autobiography style by about Michael J. Fox. Oh, okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. So what really stood out for me with this doc was, what the, was the way they filmed it, where they kind of, they spliced a lot of scenes from his films and kind of incorporated, incorporated it with like his life and how like he, he led up to his career and everything, and it was it was quite seamless how they blended it, and they definitely they took some like some B roll shots, like using like a body double of Michael J. Fox, and like I would say stuff they shot, you know, like this year, and, and incorporated in the film. But like, the body double they used looked exactly like him, and they waited they used that, and then took shots of the film. You you felt like he was you, you were with him in these scenarios, and he he's one of the most I feel like likable guys in Hollywood like you know it, I feel like it's impossible not to like Michael J. Fox and yeah it seems like it kind of like him and uh, Keanu Reeves right I, I don't understand like why you wouldn't like him you know there's mm-hmm. not like a bad bone in their bodies I, I, I was fascinated with his life because as, as you know Back to the Future is one of my favorite movies yep yeah you said that in the episodes that changed us yes yes this is probably the movie that I've watched the most in my lifetime and the coolest thing was him telling the story of how he filmed Back to the Future. So he was filming a TV show that he was, uh, I think he was a part of for three, two or three years before he, he was seeing Back to the Future. And he became like the star of the that sitcom. And he wasn't supposed to be the star. The, 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 I think the stars were supposed to be the parents. And he kind of stole the show. Like, you know, he was, you know, the ladies loved him and he was funny and all that. So he's such a charismatic guy. So I'm not surprised. When he was asked to film Back to the Future, he actually wasn't the first choice for the role. Actually, I think he was the first choice, but they knew he couldn't like schedule a conflict. So they picked with someone else. So, you know, Eric Stoltz was actually supposed to be Marty McFly before Michael J. Fox. This is all news to me, man. I had no idea. So they actually filmed, I believe, two or three weeks worth of footage with Eric Stoltz. It's a completely different actor. Wow. And and the crew, including the director and I think producers, they felt like he wasn't a good fit. That kind of sucks for Eric Stoltz, though. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So, so, because I think with the film, they were looking for more of a lighter tone. And what he brought to was more, I, I guess, a little more depressing, uh, almost dark in a way where you, where I guess you couldn't relate to the character as much or, or not as likable, you know? Right. Yeah. And I feel like tone is very important when it comes to a film. And, you know, Back to the Future like, is a perfect balance of, of, of that tone. And Michael J. Fox, you know, he was obviously the perfect replacement. You know, he's one of the main reasons why the movie's as great as it is. And the way they had had to shoot it, he had to film Family Ties during the day. So from his apartment, he had had one of the people pick him up, go to the studio Paramount, film from like 9 to 6 o'clock 
family ties. And then once he finished filming, another car picked him up, took him to the the, the film set for Back to the Future. And then he would film probably through the night, maybe like past midnight, one o'clock. Because I think they said he was he was only able to get maybe more than that. Because they're saying he was only able to get like two to three hours of sleep each night, and he he just got used to it. He just got in the rhythm. So each day, like he would just get that much sleep. You know, get- I, I, actually, I heard something about this. It's rumored that his nickname on set was a uh, Sleepy Fox. Sleepy Fox. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. It was cool because that they showed some clips, but I think it was like the B-roll stuff they shot, where you see like his uh, the, the driver like going to his place. Like he had a key to his place, like made a pot of coffee for him, <laughs> and like and sometimes I think he would carry him into the car because yeah, he's a little Jesus. guy. He's he's only five four, so he, him him just being carried you know from set to set, I think is hilarious. But it just showed the dedication he had for because you, you know I'm sure he knew this was like a role of a lifetime. That he couldn't pass up, so he was willing to do, you know, those odd hours. It was so cool as him talking about it, and and him even thinking how the movie wasn't going to be that big of a hit, or he probably thought, and he even thought like, oh, he probably I, I sucked, you know, I probably could have done better. Yeah, he was not ready for the success that that brought him, and it was so cool to hear him talk about it. And of course, you know, it goes into his Parkinson's and everything, and how he he kind of kept that a secret for many years. And, you know, you definitely, you really feel for him because as far as how much he loved acting and he knew things would never be the same once the disease got more of a hold of him. Yeah. You know, it, it sucks. He, he got, he's he missing out on one of the things that he loved the most, which was acting. I, I It's a huge recommendation for me. I mean, I do have a, a special connection because I, I love Back to the Future so much and just him as an actor. I think it's a must watch, especially for the way they film it, because you kind of captivated the whole time just seeing how they seamlessly cut his film. And they take like you know shots from you know Back to the Future, uh, Secret to My Success, Doc Hollywood, um, Team Wolf, of course. <laughs> I was I was loving it the whole time. It, 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 it was it's short too; it's only like an hour and a half. Actually, uh, I like that. Uh... Like ghost one he made. What was that called? Oh, the Frighteners. The yeah, fri- the frightening. Yeah. The frightening. No, I think it was Frighteners. Wasn't Frighteners? it? Frighteners. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that was the, the. I think that was. Wasn't that Peter Jackson? It was a, It was the. It was the movie he did before he did Lord of the Rings. I I, I couldn't tell you, but yeah, it, I, I remember it being pretty good and like not at all what I was expecting the first time I saw it, and mm-hmm. like I, I I really enjoyed it. And I think that was one of the last ones he did film before. He kind of took a step back. Yeah, because c- c- he went into TV. Like he was working on the Spin City. Spin City, yeah. Mm-hmm. So another cool thing was him. They showed a lot of scenes he was in of, of how he kind of hid the Parkinson's, and he said that he would always try to have something in his hand or holding something. Because if, hmm. if he wasn't holding something, you could see it like shake a little bit. Right. But but if he was holding something in his hand, like you know, a folder, a telephone, he could hide it a lot easier. Interesting. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah it, that's pretty. I, you know, I might, I might have to give that a watch. That, uh, that would, that sounds pretty interesting. Actually. Yes, remember, it's called Still, which is, you know, Still. so funny. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure he came up with that because you know he's a, he's a good sense of humor. Right. Well, I think, I think after a while, you kind of have to. It's a right. good, good coping mechanism, right? So yeah, he's someone. He, he, he doesn't want people to feel sorry for him. I, I commend him for that. You know, he just wants to be like everybody else. But you know, he still wants to do whatever he can to to fight the disease, but. They go into that so much, and yeah, I, I, I'm excited for you to watch. It. I want you to watch it. All right, now did you watch anything this week? Uh, I watched the homework you gave me. There you go. <laughs> so how about that? So, so let's start off with that. So uh, r- remind everyone what our homework is. So our homework is to watch or rewatch, I should say, our favorite episode of uh, the animated TV show Final Space. And uh, for me, my uh, my favorite episode was from season one, and it's uh, episode eight, chapter eight, I guess I think it's called. I really enjoyed that episode. I, I think because it, it, it seemed to have like a lot of heart. Like That's the one where he goes uh, back in time, uh, and then he starts talking to his old man. 
And uh, I, I, think, I do remember that one. Yeah, and I, I think the thing that got me is that the the little amount of convincing that his father needed, right? He's just like, I, I, I think it takes about 10 seconds. He's like, well, you must be my kid. And then uh, and then his, his co-pilot, the Lord Commander, which is the bad guy throughout pretty much yes. you know, most of the show. He's the, the main villain. Show. Yeah. He, uh, he's just like, he turns around, he's like, you're, you're telling me that my buddy of 29 years is like a bad guy? <laughs> and then they proceed to, like, beat the crap out of him for, like, the next minute off of, like, you know, like I said, very, very little amount of time when they're, I guess, reconnecting. Yeah, I, that was just a, was kind of a, an episode that, uh, I guess, speaks to my heart, my, my, my cold dead heart a little bit what was your favorite episode of that show so my favorite episode was also in season one Mm. um it was episode six okay i believe i think chapter six six. chapter six yes yeah so it was the episode where they go after and rescue little kato right yeah and I remember watching this episode for the first Maybe don't give spoilers, though. I don't know. I, I know, well, I don't know. That's up to you. <laughs> okay. There's spoilers. If you want to watch Final Space, go watch it now, and then come back to this yeah. episode. Now we're going to do all the spoilers. The spoilers, yeah. Well, I, I want to talk about this show, because I feel like we have to go into some spoilers to show how this show stands out from other ones. Because... They swing for the fences, I feel like, in some of these episodes. And I commend them for that. And for this episode, they really built up the bromance between Avocado and Gary. Mm-hmm. And especially in the beginning of the episode where they, they have like a little bro moment. where <laughs> it, It's funny because I watched this scene again. And there was one line that Avocado said when they're like, they're like, they're like getting close to each other. Like Gary puts a hand on Avocado. Avocado puts a hand on Gary. And they're, they're like getting closer. Like almost like they're going to kiss. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And, and Avocado's like, what is happening? And the way he like just extended that line out, that was so funny. And you, you, you're, you're rooting for him the whole time. It's like, yeah, let's go. Like they're, they're really they're pumping up the action. You, you want them to, to, uh, to rescue little Kato. You realize there's so many stakes on the line because, you know, you don't know what he's going to be doing if he loses him. I, I think that's the episode where uh, they, they storm in, start blowing up everything, and there's no one in the building. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the doves are flying like it's in a John, uh, John, right, John movie. Right, John Woo movie, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everything that built up to up to the rescue was perfect. And the way they jump out of the ship and they're blasting some like some killer rock music to hype them up, and they end up on the wrong planet. And the, the funny gag there. Yeah, I, I was I, I see. I was like, oh my god, this is like the best the show's ever been. Like I, I'm so hyped now, and because it, it, it took a while, I feel like to really build some of these characters. And once I once Gary and Avocado became like the besties. The, the best besties in the galaxy, I guess. And it, it seemed easy for them to to uh, to rescue little Kato. Like, once they got in, like, I, I, I kind of wasn't worried. I was like, oh, you know, they'll rescue him and they'll get away. But I'm sure the bad guy will stay alive because, you know, it's middle of the season. Yeah. Yeah, so this episode six. So so there's ten episodes in a season. So it's middle of the season. When they, they rescue little Kato and... I'm thinking, okay, they'll get out scot-free. Everything will be okay, hunky-dory. Then, all of a sudden, the main villain, like, he, he attaches he attaches a bomb on little Kato. And I'm like, wait, what are they doing? Like, they just rescued him. Like, like I, I guess someone will find it. They'll, they'll throw it away, and they'll still be safe. But so, no. At that point, even kind of with the music and everything, like, there wasn't any <laughs> foreshadowing at any point. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I do remember the, the music did turn a little more somber mm-hmm. once they get once they got on the ship. You see, you see, first of all, I, and I love the relationship between Gary and Quinn. At the beginning, Quinn can't stand Gary, and Gary's trying so hard to like to get her attention and, and go out with him. But uh, I, I love the the scene when Quinn watches all the videos that Gary makes, and he's this you know he pours his heart and soul. 
like like into showing how much he cares for Quinn and Quinn's just like you know she loses it and you know she changes her mind obviously and and, and that's what made me start loving their relationship even more and they go into that further in, the, in a couple more episodes later where they actually go on a date I was actually I was gonna use a, a backup episode if you picked the same one by the way I actually watched two of them so when the end of the episode where you think they're gonna make it but then like the back of your mind like but that mind that like that that mind's still in little Connie. What's going to happen? Yeah. And then, and then his dad avocado sees it, and then, and then he he yells at Gary. He's like, he's like, take care of my boy. And, and, and little Kyle's like, no. And then he runs off and yeah, he covers up the mind to, to kind of to, to shield some of the blast. You know, rips a hole in the ship and all that. And you're kind of just like, what the fuck? Like, what? Is, what? Just like avocado's like, what is happening? <laughs> Well, you, you know, at the end of the episode there too, when uh, Little Cotto was just kind of staring, yes, at the uh, and then they they kept running the credits like that, and there's there's yes, things changing. Like, yeah, it's very very well done artistically for sure. Mm-hmm. So, man, you, you talk about a gut punch. You're you're thinking that they're, they're going to make it out fine, and then all of a sudden they kill off one of the main characters of the show, and which is mm. very rare in an animated show to do. That's true. Because I really thought, like, did they really just kill him off? I was like, holy hell. Yeah. Like, especially, like, right, like, the moment, in that episode, like, made me fall in love with both, like, both Gary and Avocado together. I'm like, all right, I'm excited to see more adventures with these guys. That's just it. The bromance was really, really taken off. Yes. I, I love, I don't know if it's that episode, but I mean, he's just like, he's like, how are those guns? And he's like, they're hot, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they just play off each other uh, just really well. I had to pick that one because I, I had to, and that's, that's probably the episode I rewatched the most. Right. I, I could see that for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, I mean, it, it definitely, I mean, it, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of hard, especially even in season one. Like when, when the show first came out, I started watching it. I'm pretty sure I finished it. Like I don't, I don't typically do that, but I, I almost watched the whole thing like it was one long movie. It was a uh, very unexpected. Oh, for sure. And I remember when you first turned me on to it because it said you remind it reminded you of uh, Rick and Morty, and yeah. I totally saw yeah. that. Yeah. Well, it's got a lot of uh, like science fiction references, if uh, or even just some pop culture references, uh, like just strewn throughout. Right. Uh, I, I I caught everything from like uh, there's like Indiana Jones uh, references a couple times, even in the first season, and. Uh, the character Nightfall, pretty sure that's actually from uh, a short story written by Isaac Asimov, which did a bunch of uh, science fiction stuff. Uh, I didn't know that. Like the, yeah, in the, I want to say, like, 1950s and 60s, give or take. Yeah, he's a famous sci-fi writer. I guess the more of a nerd you are, <laughs> the more you'll catch some of those references. Yeah. Well, it, it, so I, I feel like with this show... It didn't really take off as far as, uh, I guess, finding a true audience. Like, like you know, it's, it's not as successful as Rick and Morty, maybe other sci-fi shows as well. Because I, I feel like I had trouble, like, I had people, uh, not many people I knew watched it. Yeah, it, it's got that, it's almost like that Netflix show curse, uh, where you start watching it, and then you're like, oh, this is a good show, and then it gets canceled. <laughs> but somehow the show managed to have three seasons yeah but I totally agree with you the rest of the show did not live up to the first season it, it's kind of unfortunate in a way like I think they wrote it too well for the first season and then I don't know the second season I really enjoyed it I just feel like they probably could have cut out a couple episodes and just kind of condensed it a bit more and it would have and that the pacing would have kept more consistent because I feel like that's the problem is the, 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 the first season has really good pacing and then second and third season, I still actually like the character development, the story, everything. Them bringing back Clarence was actually pretty good. He's definitely a, a pretty, like, I, I, I like Clarence. Or the standout. Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, but the, like, they just seem to have some pacing issues after that and, uh, yeah, I don't know. so like, some of the episodes I feel like just dragged and trying too hard and trying yeah. too hard to be funny. I was like, oh, I don't know. And I, 
I didn't really like sometimes what they did with uh, Keith uh, Keith David's character Bolo. He was the Titan. Yeah, the Titan, the the, the good Titan or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I found that, and yeah, in season two or three, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, when he starts out, because he's basically like, I think Buddy stole his woman, and then you start realizing that a lot of, like, a lot of their history has to do over something like that. <laughs> I mean, it, it was funny, and I, I, it, like, I, I definitely, but I was like, it, it kind of changed the character for me a bit, right? And I was like, uh, eh. But I still a good show. I still 100% recommend it. And I am... Because you, you said that there's like a graphic novel that's coming out or something. Yes, yeah, I, I recently... Season, right? Yeah, I recently saw a YouTube video with the creator of the show. I think Olin Rogers is his name. He, he He's the one that created the show and he's the uh, he's the voice actor for the main character, Gary. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, they, they, won't, they wouldn't let him do a, a final season since they, well, they wanted to give him the budget of the final season because like, the ratings were too low but they did give him a budget to make a graphic novel to finish the show ah. so I, I guess I'll read it but you know I'm not I'm like I'm sure it'll be posted online somewhere so I'll probably read it like that but I, I, don't, I don't know like I'm not that obsessed with the show where I have to buy the graphic novel to see how if, it ends. Yeah, if if the high of season one had kind of continued, I, I would have been obsessed with the show. I thought that that was uh, really well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I do highly recommend, like, just watch season one. You don't necessarily have to watch anything else, but it is definitely worth a watch just for the first season. The story does come full circle. In my mind, in my mind, it does kind of end. They they do leave it open, but it's kind of your call at that point. Anytime you're dealing with time travel, that's always going to happen, right? Like, you can always go back like Marty McFly. <laughs> <laughs> it always comes back full circle, Yes, eh? it does. Yeah, yeah, they do. And I will say as well, as far as the main character, Gary... I feel like he's a bit of an acquired taste. Like you need to watch a few episodes to get used to him, because the comedy is a little very in your face mm. with with his comedy and a lot of like screaming in your face. Like he's yeah. very loud. I feel yeah. like give him a few episodes to get used to, because I can see some people being turned off uh, of, of just because his character is just a little too much. Well, like, and well, I, too extra. <laughs> and, and in their defense, they actually addressed that. I think in season two, they made a throwaway gag. They're just like, "Yeah, according to Reddit, a lot of people don't don't like Gary, or 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 if he's talking to himself, I don't really remember exactly what the line was." Right. Uh, but he does say that in the first couple episodes of season two. Actually, that that makes me uh, think. Like, what's your favorite character from the show? Uh, other than Mooncake. <laughs> Well, Mooncake is a character. If he's your favorite, oh, no. he be your favorite. <laughs> I mean, I, I love Mooncake for uh, j- just you know he's 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 adorable. He, he's the most adorably powerful character I've ever seen. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a mixture of like a Pokemon. He is a Pokemon. He's, he yeah. always says one word: Chokity. Chokity Puck. <laughs> yeah, I guess he's yeah, he does kind of look like a Pokemon. No, he's, no, he's 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 a Pokemon with Kirby. If you've ever Ooh, played, yes, yeah, I can just, absolutely just, see that. Yeah, green instead of a uh, pink, and he even does the little sucking in thing all the time too. Yeah, right? so, <laughs> and it, yeah, he, he's very much a combination of the two, which again I think is done intentionally. I don't think they were. I don't think they're even trying to hide that they're stealing from other material, right? Which again goes back to the whole kind of meta, meta humor, meta writing and stuff. So, right. Uh, which I think kind of is what makes it similar to shows like Rick and Morty. Yeah. yeah so, so that's my choice. So Mooncake, then. Well, I, I, I feel like they, they give him a good amount of personality for only you know only having you know one thing to say, but I feel like they give him enough where. You can kind of see see certain kind, things, kind of like Groot in the <laughs> yeah, Guardians exactly, of the Galaxy. exactly like Groot. Yeah, yeah, they they find a way to definitely put a lot of emotion in the fact that that's all he's able to say. Mm-hmm. So it's a great name too, Mooncake. I mean, come on. Yeah, uh, 
ba- going on the whole Gary thing and people not liking him, which is ironic because his favorite, or sorry, my favorite character is the one that he despises, and that's Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I, and, I can see that. Well, it, it, the thing is, like Kevin, he honestly has like all of the best lines in my mind. And if you watch the show, as much as like the whole crew always goes on because he's like he's kind of like a throwaway gay kind of like in family guy how everyone just hates on meg kevin is definitely the meg of this show but the 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 ironic thing is he above any other character is definitely the one that saves the crew the most times and no one acknowledges it and he's constantly saving them and i think in the first season i swear every other episode at least he he saves the entire crew or or saves their objective yeah, it's either Kev- either Kevin or Mooncake. I, I I watched the episode where I think it was the one where they go to New York before the before Earth goes into the void and everything. Which yeah, I, I think thought that's chapter nine or something. Chapter like nine, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. It, it, and that was the episode where made me fall in love with the with the relationship between Gary and Quinn. Yeah, because yeah. it kind of had That's him like, on like a, an apocalypse type of date. I thought it was it was, it was kind of cool, like not knowing if they're going to make it through this and, and all that, but they were there for each other till the end. And I felt it. I believed in it. I was like, I want these guys together. I want them to kiss, make babies. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's why I think that the that the way that they ended that first season, I thought was pretty, really well written. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and they like I said, they it's kind of hard. I think for for shows like that, like how do you make the stakes higher? Once like you're even in the first season, I, I guess throughout the show, like you're, you're talking about the end of the universe, so to speak. So you can only keep, I think, the the intensity and the the emotion that high for so long before it kind of starts to wane. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why really that first season is it it, it really is, and I, I would advise everybody to at least just watch the first season it's it is really well done even if yeah maybe gary's not your cup of tea i guess but <laughs> he's an if gary's not your cup of tea give, give him a few episodes. Kevin will be. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you think of the opening credits to the show uh i you know what's funny you mentioned that uh the the first time i watched it i i i would watch the opening credits every time i i enjoy the music uh it really does it adds that suspense uh, that, that, that the show goes through. And then, and it just, it really does a good job of portraying what the show is going to be that way with the kind of the humorous, but like kind of sometimes over the top gore and just kind of the yeah, over top yeah, of it in general. Ripping somebody's head off. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, one of, one of my favorite kind of gags that they have running through the whole show is how, uh, Gary is wearing like the skin suit. Of like the the mother and wife of this other family, which if you haven't seen the show, I, I mean, well, that. it's just as screwed up as you would think it is, and and yeah, there's this whole whole gag with this whole thing with it, and uh, you really it's have pretty, to have a certain sense of humor to appreciate twisted. it. I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it is a bit, I guess, much to some people, I'm sure, but again, if you don't like the opening credits, I think it kind of it, it does do a good job of showing you the type of show it's gonna be, right? So. Mm-hmm. The opening credits, I think the only thing I don't like in the opening credits, I'm not a big fan of the music. It, it sounds a little too generic for, for like a theme. Uh, even though I do, I do like how they animate the opening credits. I just, I'm just, the music I just wish were, I thought the music in the show is good, but for that opening credits, it just seems pretty like generic and bland. Actually, yeah, the, the, the music in the show, it, uh, in the first season, uh, well, I, I won't say like, but the first season, there's that. It did introduce me to an artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he says, uh, like, play the good stuff, Hugh. And, uh, yeah, and I kind of went, uh, on a bit of an exploration. I probably should know who the artist is, <laughs> but I don't. But I like the song. And, uh, there, there is definitely a couple of good tunes in that show. Uh, so I agree with you. And they, they do a good job with the, the timing and the type of music that they, that they pick as well. So. Yeah, so we we did, we recommend this show. This is why we, we want to bring it up because we feel like this show doesn't get enough love, and it should, especially if you like Rick and Morty. I mean, it's not as good as Rick and Morty, but I still think it's a, it's a, especially for our theme for today. 
I thought it was a good show to, to first bring up. Absolutely. Alright, so with that, I, I want to go into the the theme of, of today's show. And with I thought Final Space was the great gateway to go into the theme. And well, as far as the choices I have for for adult animation, and when I say adult animation, <laughs> not porn, not yeah, porn. It, 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 do, it does sound that way. <laughs> I have I'm to gonna, clarify. <laughs> I think all of our listeners want to see your browser history there, uh, James. <laughs> no, no, it, it's clean. It's clean. <laughs> <laughs> For the most part, uh, but anyway, um, so when when so for me, I want to go into some adult animated shows that are not guilty. So I, I kind of feel like Final Space isn't really. Would you say it's kind of a little too violent for kids? Oh, I mean, I guess these at this day and age, I, I don't know what I would really say for anything, but that's uh, true. You, you yeah, I, these crazy I, I, I would say that this is yeah. Back in the day, uh, you used to have the late night uh, type cartoons, kind of like uh, I don't know if you ever caught like the show like Spawn, for instance, which was mm-hmm. pretty gratuitous and the violence, uh, the humor, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I, I'd say it's it's a show that. Would would be geared towards adult. Would probably have like a mature rated R type rating in movies, uh, but because it's animated, I think that sometimes people just automatically assume it's for children, uh, which I think is the same thing that kind of things like anime even suffer from too, right? Where people just always going to make those snap judgments. That's true because c- c- there have there are a number of people who consider animation just to be for kids. It's like, oh, it's animated. I want to watch that. Animations for kids. Hundred percent, yeah. And uh, it, it's just—I wish some some people weren't so close-minded about that because there are some great animated shows geared for only adults. And with that, I want to go into the first one. And the first one is—have you ever seen Harley Quinn? I'm not really sure what even you're you're, you're referring so th- to. There's, there's an animated show called Harley Quinn, and so it's basically a very mature, R hard R-rated. Uh, animated show in a similar vein to the Batman animated series, but just so violent and so vulgar the whole time. And they're using all the DC characters, but but the he, focus is on Har- Harley Quinn. And are you talking about like that original animated, the Batman animated from like the early nineties? Yes. So it's a similar animated style like that. Oh, okay. But but, but it, it focuses more on the villains and then just. Right. All the debauchery they get into, but it, it, I mean, they talk about all this crazy sex stuff. It's extremely violent, but it also it, it gets a little deep. It, you know, you kind of, they go into uh, some, I mean, sometimes it, it gets a little too deep and we're like, whoa, I wasn't expecting this from a show where, you know, you, you have all these characters to talk about, well, especially when you have some depressing characters. Like you have, you have Commissioner Gordon, who's like a very alcoholic. I mean, he's a, he's a drunk basically, and still on the force. You know, he, he has this funny relationship with Batman. In Batman, he's in the show, but he's not the focus. And they, and so recently, in the, they go into the relationship between a lesbian relationship between uh, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. They they go into specifics in the relationship, like not just you know everyday everyday struggles but more of like you know their sex lives what positions they go into and and, what (laughs) it sounds crazy are you talking like they're they're showing this or they're not showing but but they they talk about it and like you know where where it's a lot left there's not much to the imagination for how much they explain about go into it but but I think as far as the lore of um the, the lore of DC and all the Batman characters, it does a great job uh, of, of keeping true to that lore. And they, they bring in some characters from, or, or, or they incorporate some characters from, from the films or the live action films. Like one of the funniest characters in the show is Bane. And they use the accent that he has in Dark Knight Rises. Oh, and, and okay. <laughs> there's, and I remember one episode specifically where, I don't know if you know the the the, the comics, or the uh, the Batman. Um, there's a storyline for the Court of Owls. It's all like these underground kind of uh, got people, all the rich from Gotham who are kind of pulling the strings 
of everything going on, like all the corruption in the city. And they use that. And so they infiltrate like a secret meeting for these quarter vows. And really they're going into an orgy. So the whole episode is at this like mansion where an orgy is going on. Two kind of reminds me of uh, the boys there. Yeah. So, so it, 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 well, so th- th- uh, the next show I want to bring up it, it reminds me a lot of the boys, but I'll go into that after this. Oh, one. I got you. Yeah. But but it's fun. yeah. So I guess I do have a I I, I do have two uh, superhero shows mm, that, that yeah. I'm talking about, but I, I had to bring up Holly Holly Quinn first because they've had I think three seasons or four seasons now with this. And I feel like this show is only getting better. And what, one of the best elements of the show is just how they they they, they dive deep into just interpersonal relationships between it, it kind of in a realistic way where you can relate to it. And I, I think that helps because I feel they know their audience and they don't, they're not talking down to the audience as well or, or at all. Where you 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 kind of root for them, you know. Where you have you have you know these characters are villains, you know they're doing some dastardly shit a lot of the times, mm. but but you connect so much with their relationships where you relate on that level, so you kind of go along the, the ride because of that. And uh, of course, there's sometimes where it gets over the top, especially you know with, with some of the things they're talking about. I feel like they found a great balance between the over the top violence and humor and then and just and it kind of found a groundingness to it with how they could take real life situations that most people can relate to and incorporate this into these characters and that's something i did not expect when watching this and and i found that i, I was enthralled the whole like for, i mean for most of, I mean, some episodes you know better than others but it, it it really keeps me hanging on and it makes me look forward to kind of where, where they take it and I, I just didn't realize like how deep you could go with some of these side characters in, in the Batman universe, but I, I do feel like you would love it, uh, especially if you do if you do like the boys. Okay, so you have a show as well that you want to talk uh, about? Well, yeah, like the show. Obviously, I'm going a bit uh, older. I think it is kind of an underappreciated gem in a lot of ways, and I feel like especially people our age. You might have watched it when you were younger, but I definitely suggest watching it now, and that's the show King of the Hill. If for a lot of people don't actually even realize that it's the same creator as uh, one of your favorite movies that you've brought up before. I don't know if you know the one I'm... You're talking about Office Space, Mike Judge. I am. I yes. am talking about Office Space and Mike Judge. I so, never got into King of the Hill, so I, I, I want to know what, what you're going to say about Okay, it. when was the last time you watched it? Early 2000s, the 90s? Okay, yeah. So, and that, and that's exactly what I mean. Is like, if you watch that show as a kid, you probably won't get into it very much. Like, I, it really was 100% geared towards adults. Uh, it, it, it was coming out. And I mean, I think when it was originally released, it, it was in the same hour with The Simpsons. And so I think a lot of people thought it was going to be, you know, again, I realize The Simpsons was, you know, controversial for its day, but. At the end of the day, a lot of kids did like it. They did watch it. I was obsessed and with I, The Simpsons growing up. Yeah, right. Exactly well, so was up. I. Like yeah. the the first ten seasons, especially, are, are like, like you know, I, I think some of the some of the best TV out there. Uh, but with with King of the Hill, like I feel like you won't you don't get it unless unless you've like lived a little, you know, entered the workforce, all those types of things. Because like it, it becomes all about that. <laughs> and that's just it, right? And the the show, I think it benefits from a rewatch 100% after you've lived a certain amount of years because I think that the humor everything you'll find it to be like a a lot you'll find you connect to it a lot more than you did when you were younger because I feel like the characters that you're trying to connect to they're a little harder to connect to because part of the appeal is that like I think Hank has a really hard time kind of connecting with his son and and I think that that's a pretty pretty common thing with a lot of people in terms of like you know trying to connect with children, especially as they're getting into those uh, teenage years and all that. Uh, but yeah, like I I, I I won't say too too much. I, I've also caught wind that uh, supposedly they're going to be uh, making some new seasons coming up, possibly. 
so I am kind of interested with that because a lot of times I don't like hearing it, but I, I can't really say I've ever seen anything with Mike Judge when he's behind it that I haven't enjoyed. He's he's really he's really kind of famous for making things that you don't appreciate until much later on. Because Office Space bombed hard when it when it was released. It's since become a cult ca- classic. True. Another one of his was called the Idiocracy. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. No, and, dude, I, I think I did. We watch that together. Maybe I don't know. No. I want to say we watched it when you came to visit here in Baltimore. Quite possible. Because <laughs> you said well, it, it's funny you bring that one up because I got I got two two people messaging me about that movie that this past week uh, there was a meme about it. Yeah. How I don't know if you know about this, but there was a meme about how. When the movie was shot, they try to think of they try to find a shoe that was like that that was that looked so stupid and ridiculous, and you know it's about you know people turning into idiots over time you know yeah just, that's what where society goes yeah and, and do you know what shoes they were wearing? No, they were wearing Crocs. <laughs> and, 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 and this is before Crocs were a huge thing. It, 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 I think Crocs were just introduced. Wow, they were just introduced when they made this movie. And that's that's what I mean. Like, uh, don't never underestimate the power of Mike Judge and his creations. And and again, they they seem to only get better with time. Uh, that that man has the ability to see into the future. It seems, and uh, and you really you don't appreciate it as much when it's made as you do. As the years go on, mm-hmm. so anyhow, that that is my pick for good adult uh, cartoon geared towards adult would be uh, King of the Hill. Yeah, that's my that is my pick. All right, I, I love it. I love it. Uh, it makes you want to rewatch it because I always forget that Mike Judge made King of the Hill. And yeah, anyway, with how much I love Office Space, it seems like especially when he was running that when he did Office Space. Yeah. <laughs> I find that, uh, like a lot of shows, uh, it, it it seems to find its groove into the later seasons a bit. Yes. But I, I I don't think that I ever Just like watched. The Simpsons. <laughs> it, yeah, The Simpsons found its groove and then it lost it around season ten. <laughs> Whereas, I do like the movie though. I do I do like The Simpsons movie a lot. I did. I I actually enjoyed the movie when it mm-hmm. came out. One saw it uh, opening weekend. Well, I don't know if it was opening weekend. Anyway, close to opening weekend yeah, yeah. though. I was a pretty pretty big Simpsons junkie back in the day. But I, again, that was around the time when, like, you know, it was still okay, and then it started to kind of, I don't know, fall off the rails a little bit in my my mind. But uh, with King of the Hill, I don't remember there being ever a season that I didn't enjoy. Uh, but definitely, as you get into kind of season two, season three, like the the show really finds its groove, right. and the the animation I think gets a little bit better. the the first The first season is a bit cruder in terms of animation, so. Mm-hmm. No different than actually The Simpsons. I always tell people go watch the first season. Oh, it's, it's bad. actually quite jarring how yeah. how different it is. So, yeah. Okay, uh, so I have another one. I already know. I think I know where this is going. Actually, okay, wait, 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 wait. wait. Yeah. So, oh, so, I won't say it. I won't. Wait, spoil. I, wait, wait. I'm gonna build it up for a second, okay. and, then, and, then, and then you try and guess. So this is the show. I feel like is exact. I mean, it's. The boys just like animated. I mean, it's not. I know there's an animated The Boys spinoff. It's not that one. I, I think. I think as far as the, the superheroes go, they're very similar to the ones in The Boys. Yeah, and because you know it's more of you know actual superpowers where you know the Batman universe it's a lot more grounded. Like, there's a little more realism, I guess, with, with the Batman kids. You know, a little bit more. Now, can you guess which one I'm going to talk about? I know the one you're talking about for whatever reason. I can't think of the name right now. Invincible. It, Invincible. Yes. yes. Okay. Also, the the voice actor in Invincible is the same guy who does Little Kato in um, Final Space. He's also the uh, there's also the uh, the guy that does J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider Man movies, J. K. Simmons. Yes. Okay. So I, I feel like Invincible is probably. I mean, maybe it's the most. I would say the most popular of, as far as the ones I've talked, the ones, including Final Space and Harley Quinn. I feel like Invincible found an audience right away, especially if people need to fill that void of the boys. And from the very first episode, I was hooked on Invincible. 
where like there's some shows usually need like three or four episodes to really get into the characters right. and understand yeah. where the story's going. And this one literally I was slightly on the hook during that first episode where you understand the relationship between um I'm blanking on some of these characters though. Uh, the character that plays, that plays Invincible, uh, and his parents, but the main character's dad is Omni-Man, and you think he's kind of like the, the Superman of, mm. of this show, where everyone looks up to him, he's, he's greatly loved by the world, he, he, he only does, he, he only helps for good, not, not doing anything selfishly, or, you know, has his own ulterior motive for certain things. I don't want to go in the spoilers again because like I feel like this is like one of the best like scenes in a TV show ever. <laughs> well, don't spoil it. I feel like that that is one that you should just give a watch for sure. And if you don't like, yeah, like definitely within the first first episode, uh, yeah, it, 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 it does suck you in. Or it, I guess it's just not for you. But if you enjoyed the boys or anything like that, you'll definitely enjoy that show yes it's only one season and it flies by there are some episodes that are just like your your jaw will will fall to the floor with how crazy and violent this show gets i i remember when i'm saying this i remember remembering a scene very well that's etched in my brain now and it will never be able it's some things where especially with the boys too they show things that you never imagined you would even see, and they show you, and you're like, mm. "Well, I, I, I didn't think I was ever going to see this in my lifetime, but now this will never go away." <laughs> even though there's one in Invincible, especially that stands out, where there is just so much death and carnage, and it's so graphic. Like all, there's so much blood in this show. And which I, which what I think is brilliant about the show, it's like a small little thing they do. We you know when they introduce the uh, the title card when they show Invincible, and every episode leading oh his head, yeah, there's just more it, blood more being blood, thrown yeah. on the, yeah. the title card. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, what is this leading to? And then there's one episode. It's like, oh my god, there's so much blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it shouldn't be loud, but but but. Just like with Holly Quinn too, they go deep in these relationships, and you relate to these characters. It, it's 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 fantastic writing, and it, like it's not it's not some cookie cutter show or like you you're just no, there's you're, you're there for the act. Yes, there's, there's, there's definitely so much there's, there's the onion type layers that you know if if it's something you're into, for sure. Yeah, and the 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 very the the finale of the first season so there will be season two season two comes out okay the that was actually season. gonna be that was gonna be my question because you said there's <laughs> only one season I was like I I, I actually have to rewatch that show because uh, and, and don't tell me because I don't want but I I actually forget how the show ends and and the cliffhanger it ends on so uh, yeah yeah you you know it's a great show when it will make you laugh it will scare the shit out of you mm. and it will for some including me you'll tear up yeah you, you you will tear up the, the last episode I not, not, not up. me not, not you not gay. yeah, yeah you're strong yeah. son of a bitch yeah you yeah. got <laughs> I can't, you know, uh, I'm not strong just, just, just dead inside just, just, yeah, just, just heartless just, heartless, just yeah. fucking dead inside this is a black heart just a corpse okay so <laughs> did you have any more adult cartoons you wanted to talk about um so i guess the last one i had uh was have you ever seen the show arcane i have you yes have. That's, yes i have okay so arcane was a big surprise and i guess i don't even know why i didn't think to mention that one it actually it's surprisingly good like even yes. if you're not into that style at all i give it a watch uh, of anything that we've kind of talked about today that was it blew me away. Actually. The anime—it's some of the best yeah. animation I've ever seen. Yeah, the ever. visuals and the story is very compelling. Actually, yes. uh, are, are they making another season though? They, they are, but okay. I remember—I think it took many years. I want to say like maybe four years to make that first season. Right, I, I, and, I believe it. And I, I know because one of my favorite anime movies is uh, Into the Spider Verse. 
And mm. they definitely took a lot of qualities as far as the animation goes into Arcane. Right. And, and what's great, like, that animation is going to look good for many, for years to come. Like, that, that, that show is going to be gorgeous to look at for, for like, all, all, all for all time. And I, I remember when, when I watched, uh, when I first started watching it, I, I was getting to, into the characters. And you know, I was liking where the story was going. They, they had different storylines, you know, kind of connecting a little bit. And episode three, I mean, I feel like we, we might have to make an episode about just episode threes. Because I, f- I feel like a lot of shows, they they, ha- they have like a, a three or like a three episode arc. Like, mm, okay, I think, yeah, so, yeah. I think sometimes when they start seasons and we're like the first two episodes, they build up, build up, build up. And episode three is when like they lay the hammer down Right. And it's like they, they lay it all on the table. Yeah. And I remember Arcane, like that being one of the best, I mean, episodes, one of the best episodes of the show I've seen. And like, as far as episode three, I was like, oh my God, I'm hooked. I need to know what happens next. And they literally do, a, they, they do a time jump from episode three. Like, I think like, I want to say like 10 years of a time jump from like what happens in that episode. And you're, you're kind of, you're kind of taken back. You kind of, you're landing it, you're laying it all in and, and kind of, you know, digesting it a bit of, of what you just witnessed. And you're just like, whoa, you don't expect this from, you know, I, 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 there's so much emotion that was packed in, into that episode. You're kind of like, oh my God, I need to wind down. Like, it was like some of the craziest shit I've seen. <laughs> But as far as the violence goes, it's not as violent as Harley Quinn or Invincible. Like I would say, it's more of a tamed adult show. I mean, it's it, a, it, yeah, it does it, have a sex scene in yeah. it though. Remember the sex scene? It, it's a show that I I think would like if if you could find a director willing to take on the project. I feel like it would it would convert into live action fairly yes. easily. So yeah, yeah, I, I really like the they have like a blend of like kind of. Almost like cyberpunk and uh, and, and steampunk, like at the same time, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a yeah. I I I remember. Yeah, surprise. Like it was a kind of a surprising thing. Like I had never heard of it at all. I had a buddy recommended it to me, and uh, yeah, I started watching. I was like, holy crap, this is actually uh, this is really good. And it's actually one that uh, the woman got into too. And again, she's not usually into stuff like that. And uh, so, I mean, again, like if she if she enjoys it, it means it's pretty much like I I would recommend it for most audiences at that point. Yeah, I'm glad you remember because I might have to. I want to check. I feel like my girlfriend would like that too. Um, it's it's well done. It's very well done, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, can you believe that's actually based off a video game? Uh, well, that, that is why I was so, uh, hesitant. I, I guess not necessarily hesitant, but I mean, video game adaptations don't really have a history of working. Right. So. I think that was like one of the first great ones. Like even, I mean, even before Last of Us and, um, The Last of Us. Well, I think that's, that's like probably, okay. which one? Uh, well, I, I guess as far as TV shows go, like those are the best ones as far as video game adaption. You know, well, I mean, just adaptations in general. Even even like uh, movies are typically not great when they're coming from video games. They just like they don't seem to really do a good job. I know that there's the new Mario movie, which I don't know. I'd almost just say that that's just a uh, just in kind of an animated movie, I guess. But I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, uh, but so I, I'm gonna I, reserve judgment about anything I say. True. Well, I, I I just heard that one is more tailored for kids, is, is, mm, what, I've, is okay. what I've heard. But uh, I feel, I, but for Arcane, I feel um, you don't need to have played the game. No, you don't no, know nothing no, about because no. I, I had never had. So no, it's it's its own thing. Fresh. Yeah, it's it's its own thing, and I, I would almost not even mention that it's a video game, even though we already <laughs> did. Uh, but it, you would yeah, never it, know. You would never. You wouldn't. Know. You you wouldn't at all. Uh, and that that I, I think that that's when things really work well is when you don't actually know if you go into something and you're like, oh okay, because I I find it irritating sometimes when you almost need to know the source material to enjoy the the you know whatever it is that you're watching, whether it's TV show, movie, or whatever. 
I don't mind if there's like little uh little winks, right? Where they're just like if you've wa- if you played the game and they're like, "Oh yeah, this is in there." But you don't need to have done it. But when when a lot of the the lore and the history and everything like that, they're just like, "Well, they're just assuming you played the games or or whatever." Uh, I, I I don't really enjoy stuff like that that much. Yeah, so uh, I, I I feel like if I had to rank these, other than taking out Final Space, I would say probably the 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 easiest one to watch would be Arcane. I would probably put that above Invincible. Mm, yeah, yeah. In 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 terms of. I think appeasing the most people, like yes. making the most, like, and in terms of like just the most amount of people enjoying it, Arcane and obviously King of the Hill. Yes, there you go, yeah. <laughs> so, we so, two of the biggest recommendations for today of adult anime shows Arcane and King of the Hill are yeah. the must watches. <laughs> I would say it can't so. be any more different. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, and I, I, I don't think you will. Uh, I don't think you'll be sad for watching either one of those. Uh, but they're but they're all good watches and stuff, anyways. So uh, you know, obviously, anything we 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 talk about in this show is 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 excellent because uh, that's that's all that's all we talk about. We we don't talk about crap. Uh, you, you, do you remember the big hit? Did you forget you talked about the big hit? The big hit, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> oh, so can't even maybe watch that movie. Uh, <laughs> so, 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 uh, I think that's good for the uh, adult animation. Uh, I think so too for today. Uh, I think we, we we gave we gave our recommendations and everything. So, do you want to talk yeah. about uh, what we want to do for next week? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I don't know if our listeners know, but, like, do you know which number is coming up in terms of episodes for the Sleepy Games podcast next week? I know. Yeah, I'm you, asking you. Well, you're asking me. Okay, yeah. Can't <laughs> yeah, ask like, listeners. somebody else? <laughs> is someone else chiming in? <laughs> I'll ask the dog. He likes to bark, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, he, he'll bark this amount of times to give us the number. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he might. Right? He's, pretty, pretty, he's pretty sharp, that one. So the number you're referring to is 13. Lucky 13. 13. Yes. Exactly. And uh, so, uh, like, based on that theme, I was thinking that we could... Uh, have movies where there's 13 in the name, in the title of the movie, which there's actually a crap done, uh, because it is, a, I, I think it's just a, one of those numbers, right? So, and, and in this one too, we're kind of giving ourselves recommendations based on things that we haven't seen. So right. myself, I haven't seen the movie, which I've been told again and again, it's a classic, uh, Apollo 13 in the mid nineties there. I've never seen it. So. And I, and I have seen that. And I do, I do think it's a great movie for you to watch. Good. Um, okay. Well, I'm glad to hear. So yeah, so, but I don't want to tell you anything else. Just... No, I, I know that like there's Tom Hanks and Kevin Bacon or something like that, I think in it. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. So at least it's a good cast, good acting. So there's, there's, look, there's a lot more that. actors in it that, that you probably don't even probably. know that, that are fa- amazing. Yeah. I'll probably be like, Oh, that, that guy, that guy, that mm-hmm. guy. Kind of mm-hmm. like a Glenn Gary, Glenn, Glenn Ross with yes, all those yeah, actors exactly. in there. <laughs> um, okay, so so that'll be your homework for today for uh, this week. My homework of movies with thirteen I haven't seen, and for this one it's kind of surprising. I'd say now I, I have seen, uh, I would say a small small bits and pieces of it, mm-hmm. but not enough where I feel like I, I feel like there's so many girls that love this movie. I feel like you know what, maybe it's time to watch. Man, I get the girlfriend to watch it with me. If I tell her, "Hey, I haven't seen it," she'd probably love love to watch it again. Right, uh, and that's uh, thirteen going on thirty. Yeah, that's got yes, to. It's a rom com. I know. It's got the Hulk in it too, doesn't it? Or... Yes, Mark yeah. Ruffalo is. Yeah, that, the, uh... That's why the girls like it because it's got a young Mark Ruffalo. Yes, yes. Yeah, he, he, he's the love interest. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's so. Like, the only scene I remember watching in that was there's a dance number because, of course, there is. Of of yeah. them doing Thriller, yeah, it's actually the only thing I remember from that movie. <laughs> I, I for some reason I did see that one in theaters. Okay, <laughs> it, it, it was that the last time you watched it. Uh, it is, but I'll, I'll be honest, I I don't remember. 
I don't remember hating that one. Like in terms of uh, like rom coms and stuff, I thought that one. From what I remember, I remember thinking it was actually pretty good. So hopefully you'll enjoy it. Uh, and I'm uh, I'm curious and excited to hear what you think. I mean, it does have a time travel aspect to it, right? So, yeah. I mean, and and that goes into the whole theme of today's show, right? Well, well, I mean, <laughs> as far as those type of movies go, like I, I have seen, um, you know, I, I do like the movie Big. I think, it, it, and that's you know, it's Tom Hanks and you watch Apollo 13. But I know it's a, it's like a similar concept, right? You're right, because he's kind of transported, transporting himself into his yes. future self or something. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to watch that, and uh, and hopefully a lot of the scenes I bring up, you know, help jog your memory from from that glorious time where you watched it in theaters. Uh, I, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I am excited for Lucky Episode 13. I yeah, so, wait. That, that's what we'll do. We'll, we'll, we'll go into other films with 13 in the title. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. that, I, I'm going to pick a few because there, there's actually a few, uh, definitely a couple of faves in there. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Oh, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it was great discussing this with you, Sleepy John. Um, I, I have I hope we gave our listeners some some good recommendations this week. And hopefully, they'll be you know even some of the listeners who are against this animated anything. I hope we uh, can get you a little bit more open-minded and, you know, for you just to give it a chance. Absolutely. But uh, that's it for us this week. We're signing off. See you next week. Cheers. Cheers.